Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. What should we call this list of sins given to us by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12.20? I have suggested that they might be considered respectable sins, and yet that's misleading because from a Godward standpoint, there are no sins that are considered respectable. So maybe a better term for them would be neglected sins, sins that we, from our standpoint, tend to think of as not all that serious, and therefore we neglect to deal with them. We neglect to acknowledge them as sinful, or if we were backed into a corner, we would probably admit that they are sinful, but we just don't think they're of any major consequence. They're not like the ones in verse 21. We haven't gotten to that yet, but Paul lists a few other things in in verse 21 a smaller list and a very different kind of list, but here's what he says, lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, fornication, and lewdness which they have practiced. Now, some people would look at the the sins in verse 21, and they'd say, now those are sins that are really serious. Those are sins that really need to be dealt with, and they do, and they are also found among the people in the church at Corinth, and they are found among many church members in America today. And they need to be acknowledged, they need to be dealt with, and we will certainly deal with them in due time when we get done with the longer list in verse 20 of sins that are often overlooked, but we must not overlook them. And for that reason, I'm taking some time with them. And so we will continue with that list, the shorter, the longer list of more neglected sins as far as our dealing with them seriously on this Friday, November 17, as you have joined us by the appointment of God, and as some of you have helped us by the prompting of God, and we thank you so much for your help. All right, what's the list in verse 20? Contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, Selfish ambitions, in the plural, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults. Actually, all of these are in the plural, every one of them. Contentions, plural, jealousies, plural, outbursts, not just outbursts of wrath, but outbursts of wrath, plural, selfish ambitions, plural, backbitings, plural, whisperings, plural, conceits, plural, tumults, plural, which probably is an indication that Paul is dealing with this in terms of what is found within the church, what is found within the congregation. These things are found in the lives of many members, 
presumably. Not every member has everything on the list, but there are multiple members of this church who have the same sin that needs to be dealt with, and so it's in the plural. But it could also be in the plural because these are sins that, when they're not dealt with, tend to be repeated. So not just one contention, but a series of contentions, plural. And not just one unholy act of jealousy toward another person, but when people don't deal with the sin of jealousy in their heart, then they tend to repeat it over and over again. Jealousy toward this person, jealousy toward another person, jealousy toward yet this person over here, jealousies, plural. And likewise, outbursts of wrath. People who do blow off their blow blow off their heads they say or or blow blow off their steam and shout and say unkind and and mean things to other people sometimes even with with language that ought never to pass the lips of christian people <laughs> i i read something recently about someone who was thanking the lord when his car broke down on the side of the road that the lord sent a band of of men six or eight of them who who stopped and jumped out and came and helped him push his car, his disabled car, into a Walmart parking lot so that it wasn't out on the road. And he thanked the men for it. And he said, that was awful kind of you. And they said something that indicated that they were doing it out of love for Christ. And he said, oh, then you're Christians. And one of them said, and he quoted them in there, and excuse me, I'm quoting, he, he said, one of them said enthusiastically, damn right. Well, there's somebody that, as far as I'm concerned, needs to learn to speak a little more appropriately. I don't think that's a, the right language to use to affirm enthusiastically that you are a follower of Christ. But there are things that slip out of people's lips, sometimes because that was part of their life before they were saved. And they haven't yet got mastery over them. And when there's that outburst of wrath, oh boy, some of those things come spewing out that they know belong to the old life and shouldn't be said in this new life. But you made me mad, so you're the ones responsible for it. It's your fault. No, no, it's your fault. Deal with it. Those outbursts of wrath, which in my experience are never contained to one episode, but when the person demonstrates that kind of a temper, then it's going to arise again and again until, by the grace of God, they acknowledge it and confess it and humble themselves before the Lord and ask forgiveness for the people that they have wronged. And when you do that, that's going to remind you not to do it again. That's why it's so important, one of the reasons why it's so important to acknowledge your sin to not only God, but to those that you have wronged. And ask them to forgive you. That is humbling. And that'll help you. That'll help you stop it. When you know that that's to, to be right, to do it the right way before God, that's what you've got to do, is to ask the people you have had those outbursts of wrath toward to forgive you because you know it was wrong and that you have sinned, yeah, that'll help you to control your tongue so you don't have to keep doing that over and over. 
And the one, then the one we've been dealing with the last couple of broadcasts, selfish ambitions. Here's someone who thinks they're the one that ought to be playing the piano, or maybe they ought to be playing it more often than the person that is in the primary place. Most most churches, if, if they have instruments, and most churches do, and of course I'm talking to some of you who may have churches that no longer use a piano or an organ, but you have instruments. and But in my experience, it's... Um, pianist and organist, and we have been so blessed at our church to have multiple accompanists, multiple people who can can and are, are delighted for the opportunity of serving the Lord by playing the piano and the organ. We're grateful for that. That's not the experience of all churches, but that has been our experience, and we are so grateful for it. But there are times when you can see a little bit of that selfish ambition and jealousy arise, it shouldn't. And I haven't seen it much. I'm actually only thinking of one episode that goes back probably three or four decades now. So that's pretty good if we haven't seen it in all of those years. I'm not saying it it has not ever been in the heart, but of course I can't see hearts. I can only see what people do. But um, yeah, sometimes that kind of selfish ambition arises. I'm the one that ought to be the primary pianist or whatever instrument we're talking about. And the person who's there isn't as good as I am, and I should be there, but nobody is recognizing that I'm better than they are. And I'm put out because my superior ability isn't being recognized and honored the way it should. Selfish, selfish ambitions, not Christ-honoring ambitions, I want to learn to play the instrument skillfully to the best of my ability to honor and glorify the Lord and to serve Him and not to exalt myself, but sometimes people with those kinds of abilities tend to allow that to puff them up with pride. Thank God when that's not the case. So Paul says, deal with those selfish ambitions. We don't know what specifically he had in mind. (laughs) We don't know specifically that they had any instruments in the church. We don't have a description of a New Testament church that had instrumental music, and for that reason, some churches don't. They only sing a cappella without instruments, because they don't find instruments in the New Testament. And that's a, a subject worthy of um, evaluation, but I don't have time for that now. And um, some churches don't have choirs for that very same reason. They don't find choirs specifically mentioned in the New Testament. You can find plenty of them mentioned in the Old Testament, but they don't find them mentioned in the New Testament. So for that reason, they don't have a choir. And Choirs, of course, have gone out of fashion in some of the more modern contemporary churches. But choirs and, and, and what's sometimes called special music, solos and duets and trios and quartets and so forth in some churches, choose not to do that because, again, that's not listed in the New Testament either. But there's another reason why it might be advisable to weigh this very carefully, and that is because 
being on stage, and that is not even the way we should think of it. We shouldn't think about being in front of the church as being on stage, but that's the way it's often thought of. And it's awful easy for that to slide into a performance mentality rather than a humble servant of the Lord Jesus Christ mentality. And for that very reason, you need to be careful of that. I have this beautiful voice, so I need to to have opportunity to sing solos in church. Well, like I say, that's a that's a a complicated subject, and and maybe sometime I will address that as to whether that's even appropriate or not in church. I'm not convinced that it's not, but I am convinced that it may be wise, even if it's not forbidden or not. Um, not something that that the Scripture doesn't sanction, but it does tend to promote selfish ambitions. I want to be seen. I've known people who've left a church because they weren't given the opportunity to, to sing solos like they expected to, and so they'll move on to another church where they can do that. Well, it may be that God would have you serve in another church, and I'm not saying that that's always a wrong attitude, but I wonder if that's the that's the way you choose churches, the one that gives me the, the most opportunity to be on stage. I tend, tend to think that falls right into the category of what Paul is talking about here, selfish ambitions. Not humble ambitions, not godly ambitions, not Christ-honoring ambitions, but selfish ambitions. Yes, these overlooked sins that are serious sins that need to be addressed. Until next week, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.